everybody. Welcome back to Drinks at Dana's. My name is Jess from the Elward Online. I'm joining you from Kansas, where it's a little after midnight on Friday, fairly very early Saturday morning. Uh, with me, as always, are Chris and Ash. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello. Oh, I'm good. Um, we're still in lockdown in Sydney. Um, it's three o'clock in the afternoon. A bit balmy. Summer is coming, <laughs> so I'm excited. <laughs> It is just after 6am on Saturday in the UK and winter is coming so it's starting to get cold here. <laughs> winter is coming. Cold and dark. Not my favourite as a just come Floridian. Come, no, wait. I was going to say come over and stay with me but no we, you can't come in. No one's allowed right. in. Yeah. I'll go back to Florida. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, tonight we are here to discuss episode eight of season two of the Elward Generation Q. This week's episode is titled Launch Party. It was written by Melody Derlishan and directed by Haifa Al-Mansour. Uh, Melody co-executive produced season one um, and also wrote episode four of the first season, LA Times. Um, Haifa is the first woman in Saudi Arabia to direct a feature film and Ooh. received her master's degree from University of Sydney. Chris, <gasps> did she now? She did. That's cool. Uh, Represent. Woo so the show opens up with Sophie picking up Finley from jail where he has, she has spent the night after they got pulled over and Finley was driving intoxicated and Finley's just kind of pretty casually complaining about the experience and yes, yeah, Sophie just looks off. like in shock the entire time. Yeah, I think she at first she seems surprised that Finley's not taking it seriously and then just pissed off that she drove in the first place. So Sophie seems like kind of blindsided that she keeps saying, you know, I thought you were fine and you know, you chose to get behind the wheel of the car and yeah, Finley's it just seems just like yeah, the whole, yeah, it feels like the cost. <laughs> yeah, it feels like Finley's just thinking about the like phys- the 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 consequences that happened mm-hmm. of it, like the money, the car, like I'll pay you back, like I'm getting just caught. jail. Oh, I got like, yeah. a li- license point, not the actual thing. act. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Sophie's like, um, you're an alcoholic, like, <laughs> so she's more like, uh, you have. You have I just can't. Problem can't believe the attitude that like some people have to to drink driving like I just I mean it's one thing if you're gonna do something that harms yourself or like if you get trashed in your own house like yeah that's not great for you but it's you're not going out there and could possibly like ruin other people's lives through like your own bad decisions like there's innocent people driving on the road and it's like, yeah, this time she just got caught. But I, I like, there are people that just, that's all they're concerned about. If they drink drive, it's like, oh, but I might get caught by the police. It's not, oh, I might mm-hmm. hit someone or crash or something like that. So it's a bit infuriating. It, it is. I, I totally agree with you on that. But I also wondered if, the three of us would have different reactions toward this or specifically if I would have a mm. different reaction. Cause I think it's culturally different in the U S mm-hmm. like yeah. everyone drives intoxicated 
Like I literally what? everyone I know really? has had a DUI. Yeah. Or DWI. Like what? Like Australia is like zero tolerance. Like you can't. Oh, we know. I think we have like you can have like one drink, and then after that, like the second one would put you over the limit. Well, even before, like in some places or at some times in Australia, you literally had a zero point zero limit. So well, you that's if all. you're like if you're still on your learning sort of. Um, mm-hmm. Not your learning, but your provisional license. The, the one you get before your full license, you cannot have any alcohol then. Um, we have such a drinking culture here that it's like people drink as much as they can get away with, you know. And 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 also, I, I say yeah. I, it's I don't I don't know because I am a woman of a certain age. Um, but it might be different. I hope it's different for younger people now because of the prevalence of uh, rideshare services. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that wasn't a thing when I was, yeah, in we never my, had that. you know, I mean, I, I definitely uh, agree with you on, on like the difference thing, because I like when I, from 17 until last year, I lived my entire adult life in the U S but obviously at growing up, like as a, as a kid, like the way I was told about driving and drinking, it was always like, you do not ever do this. And because where I lived had, well, where I live now too, has really good like public transport and taxis and things in the US, you you just don't do. And like, I I found that. So it was one of the weird things that I was like, oh, people here don't really use taxis and buses or walk. Like it's everybody drives everywhere. So like when I worked in bars and things like I was the only person who didn't have a DUI and uh, uh, most people I know in university like it happened and they they did it or they got caught or something Mm -hmm. and it is so different because here like you I I know I know people in the past year dentists who have been struck off because they and struck off means like basically you get (laughs) suspended like, what does that mean it's like so the, you, when you sexual when when you <laughs> no it's definitely not <laughs> when you were when you're like given your medical or dental or whatever license you get put on this register because and now, now i'm thinking about that because it's <laughs> Because, like, obviously, we have national health and all the, that crazy, you know, socialized medicine. Oh, so no. You call me. They, <laughs> when they get in trouble, they literally get struck off the list. So it, there's people, I know three dentists in the past few years that have been struck off because they got a DUI and they literally said, hey, you're making decisions like this. You're not fit to practice. Bye-bye. And that's it. Like, their life is ruined as it ruined. should be <laughs> yeah but you get like on where i live you go to prison like it's it's not just a fine like you are yeah. toast oh yeah you definitely get multiple chances here unless you yeah that's because you, know. you guys are too relaxed with it you wouldn't get yeah, you wouldn't get your driving license back for like five years <sighs> yeah i mean i definitely think that we have a lot of driving laws that need to change because but yeah it's just something where you grow up like trying to learn how to get out of it or get around things or get out of it or like i'm gonna be extra careful driving home because i've been drinking or ooh, watch for cops for me or like tonight i'm gonna choose not to speed where normally i would be because i've been drinking i mean it's it's just a weird 
cultural thing. So I kind of, so like I sort of, uh, so from that viewpoint, it's like, I sort of understood Finley and I'm like, wow, Sophie's like, in the first scene, I'm like, she's kind of overreacting about this. Like she's not being very supportive or whatever. And then, you know, as it went on, it's like, okay, I totally side with Sophie, but I just feel like, I don't know. But I'm like, Finley was like this from episode one, season one, where she was like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm like, Sophie should know this about her. Like, it's not like she's changed. She's still the same Finley as she's been from the whole show. So I'm like, she just see, I mean, I I still think Finley has a problem, but I'm like, it's just strange that Sophie's only now realizing it where it's like, Mm. so Finley's been showing who she is the whole time. Yeah, where she was okay with it when they were just friends or, yeah. I mean, did she not realize she started drinking again? Because we saw it, like, it was mostly off screen when Finley went home to Missouri for the well, summer and, like, quit drinking. Well. Yeah, yeah, she yeah, said, yeah. yeah. Um, but she did say, I feel like she referred something to about, like, oh, no, I didn't do a program or anything like that. You know, she just yeah, could did she, it. She stopped drinking, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but then the second... So then technically she thought Sophie so- was rejecting her. She started yeah, drinking again. Exactly, and didn't yeah. stop. So I'm like, technically she fell off the wagon. So I'm like, maybe her drinking is worse now than it was in season one. Because it's like, you know, when yeah. people who've OD'd on drugs and then they go clean mm-hmm. and then they go back to it, it's worse. Well, and she probably thinks she's fine. Like to her, she has everything she ever wanted, which is Sophie. I mean, mm-hmm. she's, mm-hmm. Like living her best life right now, except for the fact that she's unemployed, and you know, I still don't know why she's not working for Alice. Still. I don't know, but um, but yeah, so it's like she thinks everything's totally cool, and I don't have any problems to work on, and so this was a huge wake up call for Sophie. Yeah, I think that people too, like you know, some people always say like, oh, how did they not notice that like this was going on, but people are pretty wrapped up in themselves, I find. Mm. And unless like you really, it, I mean, like it's super obvious mm-hmm. and people don't, like she probably notices like, oh, you know, in the evening, oh, like she's having some drinks or something. But like people also like have blinders on a lot of the mm-hmm. time. And, well, and, and plus people can hide it. See, really what well. yeah, yeah. see what they want to see. Yeah, see what they want to see. But I, I don't like what they're doing with the character Finley got leading her down this path. I'm like, I wish she would have had a different storyline. Yeah. I'm like, I wish they would have just gone maybe the religious route or the background of the family stuff instead of like, yeah, this whole alcoholic stuff back again. I'm like, uh. I, I, I kind of, I kind of like it because I think that they're. Well, I, I hope that they're going to do something where it's like she's going to get better like i think there's going to be some sort of like intervention or something i feel like tess might be able to help yeah like sophie will probably go to tess knowing like oh she's one like she's a sober person two she like works with finley so she knows finley and i i think because like you know i'm sure everyone is aware of the stats when it comes to substance abuse and like our community so I think that it's it's good that they're and I have seen some people online who they themselves are in recovery and they're really excited about seeing tests like you know someone who is sober and things but we didn't really see that like we 
most of Tess has been, I'm no shit that blip in season one, but she's been successfully sober. So I think that it would be interesting to see someone going through the like really hard work of getting there. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope they come back around in a future season to uh, Finley and the root of her problems Mm -hmm. with alcohol, which is obviously, you know, her upbringing and her issues with religion and Mm -hmm. uh, being rejected by her family and, you know, feeling like an outsider. I mean, she all the things that she said during season one of like, she'd never had sober sex before. And Mm -hmm. it was like, she had to be drunk to deal with her life as an out gay person, like to just come to terms with, um, you know, living her sexuality. It's like, she needed to be numb. So Mm. I would like to see them come back around to it because I I'm with Chris where that was the more interesting storyline to me was Mm. her family issues and her past and religion but you know but also it's the old word so we may never know (laughs) (laughs) i'm in a lesbian bible study so you know the whole religion like (laughs) aspect is interesting to me i know like four lesbian like ministers so i'm like i I guess that's where it like did like you know i spent all my childhood surrounded by alcoholics That's maybe where we're <laughs> <laughs> next is see that hurts my little heart. Bet and Danny having a Oh, it doesn't hurt my heart. I oh loved my. it. <laughs> oh, I loved it, but I like I was like, what a bitch. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like Danny's like... being so cute and she's just like, you know, yeah. hey, I did this thing and like look at this cool shiny new thing that I made for you and uh, Bet's like Oh, oh, I'm gonna destroy it. <laughs> I know. Oh, but yeah, just... I'm not really sure why they were together that morning. It's just to further the storyline. But well, I think uh, Danny would have invited I... her to come because she'd mentioned she said that that's the just, other yeah. thing. Yeah, and she she yeah. wanted. To, I think she wanted to show her that and ask about Gigi, and then mm. Bet rudely, rudely says, "I don't give a shit about Gigi." Yeah. Mm. How dare well, I guess that uh, that solidified it for Danny. <laughs> <laughs> and it, was then- like, <laughs> it was like the last green light she was waiting for, like ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's all nervous and innocent, you know, taking Bet to the CAC, and oh man, Bet was pissed. She was her usual like bossy, pissy, overreacting self, but like it, she was mean to. Danny, yeah, so of her. There was a lot of o- OG bet in this yeah. in this episode. I mean, we got you know lots of <laughs> lots of screaming, right? So I'm sure that was a bitter t- scene to anyone who still shipped Danny and Bet together. But then I did see some people saying that because Danny is like all fired up from like the argument with bear and then she goes over to Gigi. some people were like oh she's really like passionate after having the argument with bet so there's oh, yeah, like, like something still there like the time when when bet came back to Gigi's after being with pippa yeah yeah she's all like yeah. fired up from it yeah but i but love like, danny's <sighs> <that water. laughs> yes, oh, yeah yeah for sure 
Yeah, so you had your bad scene followed up by a super, super hot sex scene. Oh, oh yeah. That blew all of the sex scenes so far. And I'm talking about maybe even the original show. And it made me think. I <laughs> yeah. was like, you know what? I honestly, it was really good. I honestly thought, like, where does this one rank in, like, the top ten sex Up scenes there. of the L word? Like, does this surpass <laughs> Charmin? Like number one. I mean, sh- the Shane I mean, Charmin was like... Yeah, but they... This was hot. They, I don't know if they just didn't shoot it right with Charmin back in the day or lighting or angles or whatever, but, like, they never really fully, like... I mean, it was hot, but I think this was p- more prettily... Prettily? more beautifully shot <laughs> music that went with it oh my god <laughs> it's just like perfect soundtrack that went with it yeah the music sl- selection continues to be stellar in like that moment where the, the music too. stops for like a second and then Gigi rips danny's pants down and that silence i was like whoever edited that i praise you that was genius <laughs> i think my heart stopped at that point too the intimacy co- coordinator is Catherine O'Keefe. Bravo, man. Bravo. Cool. Oh, oh, my God. I want that job. <laughs> <laughs> you would be Excellent work. How do you go to school and become an intimacy coordinator? <laughs> Excellent. She wasn't going to school for that. She was She was getting down in the real world. She was world just a real life that. Shane. She just was like, they were like, cool, you're the not- Shane of the real world. Come and show us how it's done. Yeah. She, excellent work. Excellent work. Yeah. And Ari and Sipita as well. So, oh, yeah. They, yeah. I mean, regardless yep. of yep. the, you know, state it's of like- undress, there's been some really nice <laughs> kissing action on uh, in these sex scenes. Well, I, I when they're some- with Danny and Gigi, yes. <laughs> I saw some people saying, like, oh, there's not as much um, like nudity and stuff. And, and honestly, like, I'm not you know, missing people it. Are, yeah. No, me neither. Me neither. Mm-hmm. I think that they're, the scenes are are great, like and hot enough without having to to completely go there. And I think that you know, as people are getting older too, like they, pro- you know, like we know Jennifer Beals like had that original clause, and if people are just let them do what they're they're comfortable with and everything, and they can definitely still do the super hot scenes without you know having to completely go there yeah that was hot also like how come like i feel like every well not every other sex scene but like a bunch of other sex scenes went on and showed us the whole sex scene whereas the hottest one of all time just was like just getting into the middle of it and then they cut away and i was like no (laughs) criminal Criminal. criminal 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 i'm hoping there's more like a lot more there's two episodes left i just want like you know half an hour of sex scene in each of any <laughs> and Gigi. just yes there thank you <laughs> we'll be looking for your work Catherine. <laughs> <Next two episodes. laughs> so after bet storms off from danny in a huff um she goes to pippa and admits that she used her work as a bargaining chip for them to take the Nunez name off of that wing of the CAC and Pippa is pissed rightly so yep in the previous episode Bet promised to like protect her if I know as soon as she yeah as soon as she said that I was like uh oh she ain't gonna protect her (laughs) one day later (laughs) next minute (laughs) Bet brings up provocations again I'm like Uh oh (laughs) 
I love you guys when you talk about that. Because like, oh if God. it wasn't boring enough the first time around, like, oh provocations, I blocked it out of my memory. Do you know what I was kind of expecting when, because like she was talking about the CIC and all that stuff, because you know in the in the second episode where we got the 17 years ago, I thought she was going to talk about like somehow in, in this episode about when provocations opened and like that that was the original first season finale and the whole thing with the carpenter and but so i thought that was gonna come in somehow <laughs> but maybe maybe um no the only good thing i picked up in that scene was her uh name peggy peggy, peggy yeah and Yay! i was like <laughs> peggy is alive and well <laughs> and also maybe helena might come back soon I know. Two I feel like left. that We're was a, come back. <laughs> a lead to her. be yeah. a flag. Yeah. Yep. I can call Peggy. I'm like, yes, please do. Call her. Call her right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I had no sympathy for Bette Porter in that scene. She effed up big time. I don't have sympathy for her ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I am the bet apologist of this podcast. So. I feel like people should start a drinking game every time you say bet apologist. <laughs> they should have a shot. <laughs> She's just but, so yeah. shocked that her bet, or pardon the pun, did not pay off here. Her gamble didn't pay off. It's like she's so used to being the head bitch in charge that she never yeah, getting, the, getting the her power way. that Danny's money gives her. Mm. I mean, she, she, I think she looks at Danny as like, you know, this kid, this child, and it's yeah. all about her daddy and her daddy's money and stuff. And it's like, this is a girl with a pocketbook right now and um, she's in charge of her company and yeah, money buys you a lot, including influence with people. And it, it trumps Beth's job, frankly. Mm. Mm. I think there's going to be some sort of names. I, I, I feel like maybe they're going to put something to do with kit or something in there, maybe in the season finale. Because she said she was going to, yeah, she was going to um, double the money. So, yeah, that's a good. And I didn't actually uh, pick up on that until I watched it a second time later in the episode when Bet's trying to explain away, explain to Pippa or, you know, her reason. Or no, 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 it wasn't. She was explaining to. Um, oh, that art guy. Yeah. The CIC I guess he's dude. the director of the CIC yeah, I think it's now. Mikhail. It was a little yeah. confusing because that whole conversation was kind of confusing. But um, he he said to her like I I called like I you know he was talking as if he had a decision in Malik. calling Bet's bluff. Malik, mm. Malik, yeah, Malik, Malik, yeah, that was it, Malik, Malik. But then he yeah. was also like, Which I don't want to lose my job over this. Right. It was a little bit weird, well, but it was really interesting. to the board of directors. Like, that was, remember that mm-hmm. douche? I mean, there were many douche, but... <laughs> yeah, it was, I mean, we're jumping way ahead, but but yeah, when she kind of goes to grovel, essentially, to try to mm. save, you know, rescue Pippa's work and have it actually be shown in the uh, gallery like she promised. It was a really interesting conversation with Malik is like, well, in my experience, you mean what you say, and like, why would I think you're bluffing? <laughs> Which is like, you know, that's it. It's sort of he wasn't really calling her out. You know, it was just a very sort of matter of fact. Um, yeah, this is why I did what I did. 
Well, but the attitude I got off bet in that scene was she was like, you're clearly an idiot because you don't know how to negotiate. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you but- don't know that I wasn't for, for real. Like, you should have known I was bluffing. Right. But like Ash mentioned um, Kit and I didn't pick it up until like this when I rewatched it. I think because the whole conversation was confusing to me and I was trying to figure out like, who is this guy and why is she groveling to him? And what is the, you know, I would. I was kind of like losing the thread a little bit. Um, but she mentions her like legacy of revenge and that she wanted to take down everyone who ever wronged me and my family. And it took a while for that to sink in. It like wasn't very obvious for me because to me, this was Danny's thing. And to bet it was 100% her father, her father, the, you know, opioid drug guy. And which is what Kit died from. So, mm-hmm. I didn't realize she has this whole like family revenge fantasy thing. Like she wants him to crash and burn. I mean, they hadn't really brought that up. So that, that didn't even enter my mind as you know, what any of this issue could be. I wonder if Bet's still going to be seen as like a mentor figure to Danny after this. No. <laughs> I mean, that was rough. I mean, Danny really, really looked up to Bet. Yeah, I really, uh, I really like their relationship think, too. Yeah, but but Bet really needs to go and apologize for anything. To oh, oh. that needs yeah. to. to- <laughs> well, let's count. Let's let's count through the seasons. How many times has Bet apologized? Yeah, I know, right? She didn't even apologize this time. I swear. Yeah, no, I correct me if I'm wrong. I swear, I watched it twice. I don't remember her hearing her say she was she, sorry. Well, she said she was sorry to Pippa. Did she? Or did, did she? she just explain? Try to. I feel like she did say, I'm sorry. Or did she say, no, no, she, she uh, oh, no. Oh, no, I think she was saying sorry to the the Malik guy, wasn't she? I don't, she didn't say, and then she she said, oh, you can hang me out to dry or whatever, but but just leave Pippa alone kind of thing. She begged. She said if she was him, she would have thrown her under under the bus. But now now I can't remember because I swear I heard her say, I'm sorry in this episode. Ash, you're the expert. (laughs) I don't think she does. I, I know she says the be- like the begging thing, and I don't. She I don't rationalizes so. her actions a lot. She doesn't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Them. She's the yeah. She is the queen of yeah. that. She yeah. is the queen of that. Sometimes in my head, when I try, when when I go to like, I, literally, there's times in my head when I'm like, "Don't be bad. Just say sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. <laughs> you are Learning better than this. <laughs> what not to do." so we see micah at work and uh he has a little tiff with a doctor there dr claudia about her recommendation for a patient that micah disagreed with and as i watched i'm like is micah hitting on claudia and then i'm like she she definitely has has maribel energy to her i thought like that sass back yeah yeah Yeah. the actress is from America's America's next top model, model, right? Yeah, Yeah, Isis. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I recognized her, and so then I went to IMDb to look her up because I couldn't, I couldn't place it immediately. Mm. Um, And as soon as I read her name, I was like, "Oh yeah, America's next top model." Mm. Um, But I went and looked at the um, cast list for this episode, and it listed her name as. Maribel Claudia and I'm like what do they seriously give her the same name yes I saw that like a few weeks ago and I was like what like was it just an IMDB employee getting two people mixed up 
I think so because I was like, oh, well, they called her Dr. Claudia. I'm like, is Claudia like her last name? <laughs> and like, is she seriously dating like two women? Two her, but they just named her the same name. But I do think it's just yeah. an IMDb mistake. Yeah. There's been some weird things with IMDb this season. Like, usually IMDb is like on it. But this season, like up until a few because I every week I like go through it in my live and Rosie and Laurel like weren't in it. And then then one of them was like Laurel was added on and Rosie wasn't and it was a whole big mess. So I don't know what's going on over at IMDb. (laughs) (laughs) They need to hire us to go work. (laughs) We'll be like, clearly that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We'll only do the L word IMDb though. (laughs) (laughs) Like you'd go up to them and be like, well, Rosie O'Donnell's not listed in the the season anymore, but clearly she's in it. (laughs) So... Uh, in the first season, I wasn't so sure about Micah's personality and like relationship with honesty because there were some weird kind of things with you know Jose and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm coming to s- I feel more now that Micah is a little bit closer to like Alice, maybe Gigi, Danny, and like the honesty and like the being like genuine trying to be at least trying to be genuine with people so he you know he runs after uh claudia to apologize to her which you know i thought was nice it's i mean it's you know it's a grown-up thing to do in your place of employment but i don't know you don't i guess you don't see a lot of that so he goes to apologize and they get a little flirty and again i see that maribel energy and uh, they wind up setting up a date. Yeah, I don't. I, I still don't know what the purpose of the whole thing was. Like, it just seemed like out of the out of the blue. Like, I thought I was like, wait a minute, isn't he into Maribel? And where's Maribel? And I thought they were figuring their stuff out. And then all of a sudden, this doctor comes into it, and I'm like, wait, is she gonna be a new character? Like, wait, what happened to Maribel? And then yeah, I was so um, yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know what the p- point of it was. I know, but I sadly, like, I think they did too good a job casting because I kind of, like, was digging their interaction. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's yeah, I, I know. If it's actually going to go somewhere, I, like, I definitely liked their interactions. But I'm, like, for it to just fizzle out and in one episode, I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, because I, I like when they, like, the fact that they're, like, fleshing out, you know, the lgbtq center so we actually got a little bit of background on micah on his date <laughs> where he talks about his education education and his job and everything yeah i like that kind of clean up a little bit of you know the job and stuff too that was good but it definitely um it it ends on an off note there so it's setting the kitchen on fire yeah even though they were <laughs> like there was a window like right there and they're like standing two centimeters. <laughs> Why didn't you open the window? <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so I don't know. Um, as Michael s- says, work is going to be awkward after that. But Holy I was God, team. In I was team Doctor Claudia for half a minute there. Oh yeah, me too. I was, but mm. I was like, it's not going to be awkward because we're never going to see her again, probably. <laughs> <laughs> right. She's gone into the L word vortex. <laughs> yep, fallen in. She's having a party with. Uh, Lauren Lee Smith. There's a lot of people in there. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to that party. The L word multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would watch that show. Each episode could pick up on a character that's previously oh, disappeared into the multiverse. Can we, can we pitch that to Eileen? <laughs> a spin off to the L word. 
Yeah. Where are the other characters? So the awesome and that we are very thankful for Danny and Gigi <laughs> sex scene <laughs> devolves a little bit when Danny gets a phone call from her dad. And I, I was a little bit like, wait, isn't he still in jail? Like, yeah, I was too. But I'm like, he must be out on bail. Yeah. Which is weird because you'd think he'd be a flight risk. Wouldn't he be categorized as a yeah, flight that's, risk being yeah, rich and like having a private sad. plane and all that stuff? And he's he got- definitely has multiple passports. Yeah, unless he has like an ankle monitor on or something. <laughs> yeah, and at yeah. first in that scene I thought, oh, she's pulling the same stuff with Gigi that she pulled with Sophie, like leaving her out of it and just, oh, I got to go and mm. not really explaining anything, you know, in a, got, and then almost yeah. like, oh, you can got- never understand my you know, wealthy, important lifestyle that I have. Yeah. I kind of got like a little bit of a bet vibe from her there where like when bet was like, you know, uh, Googling Pippa Pascal after they had sex. Yeah. It was just like brushing her off. Like I'm doing busy things now. I'm busy. Gigi once again in a, in, in a fourth robe this season, third robe, fourth robe <laughs> being mistreated. So I know watch out. They c- you're going to come after them. Yeah, pretty much. Gigi yeah. is like the healthiest person ever on the L word and like yep. the most level head. And like, yeah. yeah, people are constantly mistreating her while she's looking like that in a robe. So I don't know what these people are doing with their lives. I know she like, she like slithered in behind Danny and I was like, oh my know, God, so I would have died. <laughs> Meanwhile, Danny's like, so I gotta go by. And I'm like, where are you going? <laughs> Come back. See, and you could take that scene two different ways. And I was, at least for that first part, I was actually kind of on Danny's side there. Because as she explains, it's like, it's even though her dad is calling and they have this stuff to figure out, as Danny points out, she's like, this was something I did. Like, this was her job. Yeah, she's yeah. the CEO now. She's in charge. She made this decision and it's blowing up. And it's your work. You have to go fix it. You can't be like, oh, stay in bed with me. It's not that yeah, important. It's like, yeah. no, it's, it is important. Like, yeah, but so... it's also Gigi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I did, like, if it came down to it, I did, like, you know, I do, um, especially. She could have handled I, it a bit nicer. Yeah, I, th- I think it's that. Like, I know, like, Jess, you understand, like, this too, because it's it's when you work in your family business it is so different to other types of jobs like it is so and and also when you are like the younger female generation that's trying to cover up for the mistakes of the old rich white men that came before you who are also your family like it gets even more complicated so it's yeah i just uh, you know, very protective of poor Gigi because Beth was so <laughs> awful to her. <laughs> I know. But I do understand where Danny Danny was coming from. But when you're the boss, you're always on the clock and you have to put out yeah. fires. Yeah. And it, but she did definitely she act this acted the same way that she acted with Sophie, where it's like, I don't even have time to explain this to you. And mm. that's what I think she can fix. And yeah. Gigi's the person to, you know, help her sort of fix those instincts that she has. We already oh, see yeah, her she talking is. it out so much more with Gigi oh, yeah, and yeah. explaining herself where she never 
took the time, like Bet, never really took the time to explain or apologize. It was always a rationalization. She explains when she comes back to Gigi eventually to apologize. She does explain that her dad sort of, she always felt like she had to choose between her dad and her Sophie and Sophie. But I was thinking, but you never chose Sophie. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's the point. Well, yeah, he always won in the choosing Olympics. Yeah. I did like how, now. how how Gigi then told her about her and Nat and like her dad and how she felt that way. Because mm-hmm. although like, you know, it's like, I think everybody knows this, but like whenever you show some sort of like comparison relation, I think that it just is showing like a level of understanding and like also of like, you're not the only person who you know, has gone through something like this. And, and, and then we did, you know, get a little bit more tiny little slither of information about Nat and Gigi. Cause the more I, I like that Gigi's on the show and stuff, and obviously like her role this season is way more expanded and eternally grateful for that. Thank you. But <laughs> I, I am like so curious about her and Nat and stuff because they can't, you know, they must have broken up fair within the realm of a few years because mm-hmm. their kids are still really, I mean, she says in the first season, they say something about when the little boy, Eli, was was a baby and really sick and he was asking for the woman that Gigi was like having the affair with. So, I mean, they must have been broken up, but he looked, I don't, not very great. Yeah, but then that doesn't make sense to like, so like when she rushes up to, you know, Nat and Alice's place and like him as the wedding ring on the door that seems really recent that they broke up yeah yeah so Elwood multi timeline Elwood timeline multiverse timeline timeline issue (laughs) yeah but it does sound like they could have been together for 10 years or more I mean she says that they got together when they were really young young. yeah because I think in in like real life I'm just using the actresses ages as ish like uh Ari and and Sepidy are like the same age as me, so I think they're like early mid thirties. That characters, but Denny so, was yeah, so probably cute. like college. Bringing oh my beef noodles to apologize. Oh yeah, you know, yeah he did yeah. take my peace offering again. <laughs> she apologizes, which I feel like she didn't really do with yeah, Sophie. Exactly. Yeah, it's just the relationship is so different. She's so much more open, and maybe she's more confident with um, her dad being in the position he's in and not running things. I mean, she had some serious, like big B energy in that meeting. And I'm so oh, here for she it. She was so happy that <laughs> like, she stood up for, for herself. Yeah. She stood up for herself. Like the best, she- the best line <laughs> was that woman when she's like the research that we've done on bet. She's formidable at best and destructive at worst. Like, <laughs> I, just, I should be on a I t-shirt. literally cackled when I heard that the first time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just imagine them like researching bet and then all like the, the coming up on CCTV all the time. Yeah. She's been like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone say the F word better than Bette Porter? No, no. no, no. Or Jennifer Beals? <laughs> Someone has to have a YouTube compilation. All I can think of when she was yelling fuck was like, Tina! Yeah, <laughs> same energy. <laughs> same energy. <laughs> but I do like how vulnerable Denny allows herself to be when, in that scene when she's talking about her dad. 
yeah and the beef noodles scene it's interesting she does the exact opposite of what it sounds like her dad and the lawyers asked her to do <laughs> lay low i'm gonna donate millions of dollars <laughs> i'm gonna make a whole new art wing <laughs> but yeah it's super interesting that she like instead of apologizing for or covering up or towing the company line the family line i mean she seems like she's very actively trying to go in a completely different direction from her father and i totally applaud that and the fact that she's like nunez is my name too mm. and at least bet i don't know how many other people but they're not treating her like that well yeah i was yeah. like my mouth fell open when at the beginning when you know, Danny's like, oh, that wasn't my intention. And Beth's like, fuck your intention. I was like, what? <laughs> well, rare. Yeah. Mean, so mean girl she, much? And so the, your your idea, your, um, Ash, what you said is interesting because um, Danny says, you know, she wants to kind of double down on the endowment, you know, specifically for Black, Indigenous, people of color, like her whole motivation of what she wants to do is like, yeah, sister. Fight the good fight. <laughs> we need more yeah. women like with the money and in charge and making these decisions. Do it. Yeah. Well, it yeah. makes me think like, I wonder if Danny like secretly or not so secretly knows that her dad is guilty of whatever he's charged of. So she maybe thinks he's going to prison and that she's now like taken over the company for real. So maybe that's why she's like now going, well, I'm going to try and change this name. I'm going to go out there and make it mine in a way. She does. I'm sure she does warn them that they do not want her to take the stand mm -hmm. <laughs> in support of her father because she would be against him instead. That should be interesting. I feel like, is that going to be the next episode, you reckon, Ash, when they're in court? I think it's going to be, I think it's going to, because next episode is the prom episode. Mm. I, I feel like 10, though, they're going to have like the big trial and stuff. And then also when they were filming Carlos Leal, who plays Danny's dad, I remember he put like this thing on social media that was saying like he had like a really intense like filming yeah, scene with Ari. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I do remember Ari rapped like uh, quite like she was one of the first actors like main cast actors to rap. So, you know, it, that could mean nothing because of the way they had to film. Yeah. But. I think they're just shooting all out of water. Yeah, it is crazy the way that because going like I did go back, I think it was last week or the week before and went through like a lot of my social media posts, like trying to line up like, oh, they're in these outfits in this episode. I know like where, you know, what episode they're filming and then looking at like the posts and it, it is really all over the show. Like they filmed like middle stuff like in the beginning and it's mm. yeah, it's really crazy out of order. Just, just in reference to timeline or time time-wise we got another little reference when sophie looks at her phone later and it says may 16 so yeah i actually checked the like calendar from when the, uh, the last time we had a date which was episode four it was like april something mm -hmm. and i counted it out and i'm like it literally is one week in between each episode yeah that's how that, much time is passing yeah that's what i um i've been assuming it was like about a week so that, that's good yeah but sometimes you know you just can't tell it's like how long how yeah, time has yeah, passed? yeah, yeah. like <laughs> because it seems each episode is taking place over a day a day and a night sometimes like beginning of the other one and then yeah. it's like a week so yeah yeah oddly enough though on her phone it said may 16 saturday which 
May 16 this year was a Sunday. So I'm like, <laughs> that would be May 16, 2020. <laughs> but I'm like, that's not possible because mm-hmm. that's not when they shot. <laughs> Is it? Well, that, uh, if, if they had like stuck with, I mean, that would still be early, but like originally whenever the first season ended January, 2020, they went back to writing February 2020. I think that they were supposed to start filming like around mm. like April. I wonder and if May. technically this is actually set in 2020. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Imagine if the last one they were like, <laughs> like a time jump. Time jump. <laughs> Two years later. Multiverses no! timelines. Time jump. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, Ben and Tina are back together. We didn't see it. They're just. <laughs> They've broken up again already. (laughs) (laughs) That would be like cruel and unusual punishment. (laughs) So tonight's episode is all about the launch party of Alice's autobiography, I suppose. Don't ask Alice. <laughs> that was clever. <laughs> clever I kind title. of really wish, is it weird that I wish that it was an actual book that I could read? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Showtime, if they took a clue, would have actually published one. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how is Dana's only a chapter? I'm like, what are the other chapters? <laughs> like, what else? Yeah. It could be a whole book. Just what was it? How to tell a lesbian something with about her Fire cat? From a cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. Mr. Piddles. Oh, Mr. Piddles. <laughs> so... At the start of the, we see, I'm like, oh, the OGs are together. And then we pretty quickly realize that there are, well, I guess it's not really the whole gang there. It's just Sophie and Finley are there also. But we start with the the studio, right? They're on the set of Alice's show, right? Where they're filming this. Oh. I mean, they had like that big. They're up on the stage. Alice on the the bar. So that's why I thought it was. It's a really strange place to launch a book. It's so dark and studio like. And then I was like, wait a minute, it's the Alice set. (laughs) And then I was like, but that's just a weird place to launch a book. But anyway, they're probably limited locations. I was also like, I I was confused, like, what? Again, (laughs) timeline. Because. I was like, is it nighttime? Because it looked like it was nighttime for Micah. But then I was like, but I think other people are in the day. So I don't know what was happening. Um, so, yeah. So, Bet's a little bit preoccupied thinking about her fight with Pippa and that she hasn't yet fixed this whole gallery showing thing. Yes, yeah, so Shane um, snaps at her and is like, just stay present. Like, <laughs> yeah, Shane's a good friend. Big night for Alice. Yeah. And then um, it was cute when, like, Bet asks Shane if, you know, she and Tess are just kind of, like, trying things out. And Alice is like, oh, please, she's been in love with that girl since the first day she met her. Oh, my God. When I heard that line, I was like, has she, though? Because I've had zero, like, evidence of this. She's not loved her since the minute she first met. When they first met. And then exactly like Alice says, and then she's like... Unfortunately, she fucked her girlfriend, which sent the wrong message. I'm like, that's basically exactly what happened. I think they would have gotten together much sooner if not for. I don't know. I mean, I still only see friend vibes there, so I'm like, eh. Anyway, but yeah, Shane does not like talking about herself. She doesn't like being grilled. She so she quickly extracts herself from that conversation. But she's so like cute and. Not really awkward's not really the right right word, but she's like admitting it, but she doesn't really want to talk about it. And then Tom shows up and Alice is immediately nervous. 
and like you're taking advice from the oh. worst person on the planet <laughs> she's just like doing the opposite of what a bet tells her she's like maybe you should tell him and she's like so i won't tell him <laughs> don't ask bet whether you should tell someone you're cheating on them or not I'm like this is like, so the wrong person for you to be talking to about this yeah oh my god unless she's her advice is because she has so much experience in it yeah <laughs> of doing the wrong thing right <laughs> I was, you know, because I was disappointed in the last episode. Um, Alice, who's not the cheater, and in my view, cheating mm. on Tom. Yeah, but as she explained in this episode, she didn't. She she says that they didn't ex- discuss whether they were going to be exclusive or not. So I guess in Alice's mind, she wasn't cheating because no, in Alice's mind, she was cheating. It's still just a technicality. Oh, yeah. Alice wouldn't have felt guilty if she honestly. Yeah, died. yeah, exactly. Okay, true. So I was glad to see her be honest, like pretty much as quickly as possible. Because that tracks for Alice too. Like, yeah. But I also think it's a fair explanation. I mean, it's different. Like, you didn't just see some random hot person and decide to jump into bed with them. It's like, I kind of wish she would have mm-hmm. just explained. Like, I didn't really have closure with Nat. I mean, because he was there. I mean, he was there when she was setting up that date when she thought Nat was going to come over and eat the lobsters. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's obvious that their relationship wasn't finished in the right way. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's sort of easier to explain like, oh, I kind of relapsed with this person instead of just I completely had an affair with a random just because you were out of town. But I hope that's the end of Nat because... Uh, I was never. You don't board. like that? Oh, I yeah, don't I don't. Like I'm that. not a huge. No, I'm not a huge fan of that either. I never liked oh, their relationship like from the first second. I'm no, like, this makes either. no sense. She's so yeah. boring. Yeah, Alice was boring. boring with her. Yeah, agree. I, Alice didn't seem like herself with her. I don't. I don't. I, I do think that. I mean, like again, IMDb this season has not been the most reliable. But Nat isn't listed for any more episodes. Oh yeah, but they also didn't list Rosie either, and it's also probably like a pimply thirteen-year-old who's updating it. (laughs) No idea. Yeah. Well, in season one, when we saw the whole Alice Nat Gigi thing, and I'm like, oh, they're keeping Nat, like they're keeping Nat in the relationship, and Gigi's just like a one-off kind of character, and so they Gigi comes back, and I'm like, yes. (laughs) I I thought in in season one it was going to be like Alice and Gigi got together through the throuple that's right. what i was thinking but yeah i like how it's turned out and i still yeah really like alice and tom nat nat gave us Gigi, so we all have to be thankful <laughs> for that <Yeah>. <laughs> <I still laughs> we're giving lots could, of thanks today <laughs> i still think they could easily bring her back for like a f- finale kind of a cliffhanger in some way maybe yeah but like she might not be gonna gone, be on gone. the show so yeah like i'm sure I'm sure that um, they'll, if they want to bring her back, like for an episode yeah. here or there, they could. How do you feel about Alice's quasi explanation of, you know, oh, I haven't been in with a guy since my twenties, and Lisa Tom says an identified BS. man, right? Well, well I, I think he was saying more BS about the rules, like that mm. she's treating men and women differently. Like that's I mean, when he says, oh, it should be the same with men and women, and she's like, oh yeah, true. He's not saying B- BS to the fact that she hasn't been with a man since her twenties. Well, but that was that's sort of true, her I reasoning. Think. Like, oh, this is hard for me because I haven't been with with a man since my twenties, and he's like, "That's BS." 
And then he says you should treat, you know, yeah. have the mm. same expectations, you know, men and women. But I mean, I, I'm, I'd be curious to hear other people's views on that. Like, is that a valid fear? I mean, I definitely think that's a story coming up. I'm glad they kind of worked it out for now, but Alice's entire identity is wrapped up in lesbianism. Yeah. I think that it's going to have, Oh, I think there's something coming up next week about that. Yeah. In the, in the, in the like preview. (laughs) Jess, I know that you. (laughs) Jess is like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) But the same way that like we, you know, are interested in, you know, Leisha and Kay and all that stuff. And I, I, there's probably people in this fictional world who like lots of queer women who look up to Alice and, and if she shows up as some premiere or something with Tom and someone writes, Oh, you know, Alice is seeing this, this guy, like there are people that there, you know, would have issue with that. Like you can even see it on, on like some of those, Um, groups and things like people don't there's some people like that I Mm -hmm. you know Alice is bisexual and it's I I like that it's being portrayed on the show and and everything like that and I really like Tom I think he's a good fit for Alice but there are people who are against that and against Alice like they're prejudiced people like saying it's the same thing with with whenever there's le- like lesbian characters and stuff and people are always like prejudiced against us. So it's like, why would, why would you be critical or, or horrible to people in our own community? Like mm. we're all, aren't we supposed to be like all together and united and, mm. and I just, I hate reading those really like biphobic things, you know? Yeah. I feel like some of the harshest stuff come from within the community. Yeah. The community mm-hmm. can be very judgmental, especially toward, bisexual people or trans people Mm -hmm. um and i mean it's definitely a real issue and i mean we've even seen on the show with her own friends you know ben and shane are kind of like gross well it's kind of like ew gross a man like yeah (laughs) and and like you said her whole public persona identity i mean she's always having lesbians on her shows and you know just her whole sort of her brand. Culture, what she talks about, her entire friend group and everything. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be hard to fit them in. And like when you're, especially when, you know, you're dating someone new, you want to bring them around your friends. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, all of her friends, seriously, all of her friends are lesbians. Everyone that we've seen. Yeah. And what are his friends like? Are we going to get a scene, you know, if the storyline is still going on? next season maybe like would we get a scene with her meeting his friends like a bunch of straight couples i mean there's a lot of <laughs> at a awkwardness <laughs> oh my god the gay and straight mixer makes a return <laughs> oh, yeah. i know right <laughs> pulled out can of the you imagine, can you imagine um tom and bat having a conversation <laughs> He's so sweet, though, but, like, you I know, know, I know. I think he can hold his own in certain ways, though, I think. I feel like Bat will, like, destroy him. He's, he's not he's so sweet like and most of the other straight guys we've seen on this show in the past. I mean, not this yeah. show, but the original show. I feel like he would get her a drink and maybe make a joke and then, like, excuse himself. <laughs> 
Bat was just like, look at him. <laughs> yeah. However, okay, back to the launch party real quick. When she read that chapter out about Dana, oh my God, <laughs> bring out the box of Kleenex. I was bawling my eyes out. I was like, oh my God, I miss Dana so much. Yeah. And cute. then, you know, had traumatic flashes to the hospital scene and the little. Flower. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, the second time. she said, yeah. hello, sunshine, I was like, oh my God, no, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, worst death scene ever. It was a really well written monologue, though. Yeah. 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 I liked flashing to the audience and like, that's crying. Shane's crying. We're crying. Yeah. Like, yeah. everyone's crying. Yeah. <sighs> but it was a very nice tribute to Dana. Yeah, it was. I'm glad that they've not, like, erased her from, you know, history. Yeah, they could just never talk about it. Like, they could have never referenced her in this yeah, exactly. series at all. That That's the thing that, like... Like, Carmen? I, I don't... I do not know how how anyone can say that this show does not pay, like, homage and respect to the original, because every single episode they reference something from the like there this season especially there's so much like episode like four was packed full of things like carmen and all the cac and like peggy and there's constantly little references and i uh, even as someone was talking about tina the other day like i think she's either been in the episode or been mentioned in like every single episode so i don't know what possibly more they could be doing Hmm. that reminds me i thought there i this reference that was made in the episode i thought it was referencing a previous character maybe from the original season um but i just googled it and i'm like it makes a lot more sense now um when danny and her dad and they mentioned that bit about bet being destructive and they said we could be blacklisted like the sacklers and i was oh, thinking that- something of like bet and the art thing and it's totally oh, that no, the, the scum family yeah, yeah i talked about them on my i talked about them in my video because yeah there's there's a movie coming out um i know the guy who directed it danny strong called dope sick on hulu mm-hmm. and it's all about like they they marketed oxycodone the most addictive thing on the fucking planet Mm -hmm. they marketed it as being a one percent less than one percent of people get addicted and that's why we have the opioid epidemic because people were handing them out like sweets yeah so what was it for what did you take it for it's it's a painkiller Oh, it's, like a, it's like heroin. A it's literally heroin in a pill oh, form. What that you get from the hospital yeah. whenever you have wow. a surgery, or from the doctor when you like have an injury oh, or whatever. Oh, it's just like a. It's like, like a... anyway. Sorry for that <laughs> side drag segue. <laughs> so after Alice does her very like heartfelt reading of the Dana chapter, all of our main characters feel the desperate need to declare their love. <laughs> So Shane has to run off and find Tess, which I thought was super sweet. And Bet leaves to find Pippa. And Finley tells Sophie, I love you like Alice loved Dana. And Sophie says nothing back. Are you drinking? Yes. Yes. Yeah, are you drinking? Uh, I'm like waiting for her to tell her she loves her too. And I'm like, nothing. Well, she's not really in that state of mind at this point. The whole episode, she was just looked like she was a deer in headlights. It was shocked. Yeah, yeah Sophie like kind of like 
dream walked through this episode. Yeah, she was like really like she's almost like broken up with her in her head or something. I don't know. Like she's definitely taken t- three steps back. Oh yeah. Yeah. She was rethinking the entire relationship. But I'm like, I just wish Sophie would be better at communicating. Because <laughs> I'm like, why can't she just, you know, like even when they were at, you know, Alice's launch party, she could have just taken her aside and be like, look, I'm worried about you. I think you're an alcoholic. Like you worry me when you drink, blah, 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 all these things. But instead she just It's hard to say that to someone now. Yeah, I know. But it's like, just seems like she's doing that avoiding thing she does the best. Yeah. Instead of, instead of finally blowing up and telling her it felt like she was babysitting her the whole time. Yeah. It's like you had a hundred opportunities to (laughs) say something before this. So yeah, that that's the one love confession that does not go so well in this episode. Speaking of love confessions, like when <laughs> when Micah invites Maribel over finally and like he's like, Oh, you're the one blah blah blah, whatever, he's like, I love you. I was like, What? <laughs> like I had, know. They've had one date, they've slept together one time, and then Maribel's like ditched him and they've like not spoken in who knows how long, and now he's like, I love you. I was like, Really? Is this the whole Jose thing again? <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's how I felt when he told Jose, I love you after one date. I'm like, he's the most lesbian U-hauler out of all of them, even though he's not one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't, I, I don't know if it's the writing between them or like the acting of these two particular individuals, but it's I feel like the emotions and stuff aren't necessarily matching the words because like you said Maribel always seems like slightly put off you know annoyed by it like not on the same page but then you know she was I guess yeah she was like I love you too I'm like uh do you (laughs) you haven't been acting like it (laughs) yeah and then who else oh Pippa and Bet in bed on the couch Oh, are they on the couch? <laughs> Watch that distinct, thing really closely. Distinct difference. Uh, <laughs> and then Tess and Shane. Which I have. Like the only, uh, I'm like the only one of the three of us who likes Tess and Shane together. I, I, I like no, Tess and Ash Shane. I like Tess and Shane. Yeah, yeah. I like oh, okay. Tess and Shane. Well, I was yeah. wondering. I finally thought. I'm like, well, Chris, do you like them now? She was like, she, you know, the whole Alice thing that Shane's been in love with her since day one, and then she has no. to go, you know, run off to Vegas. And the whole, I want to be your partner. I'm like, ah, Shane. Yeah, no. <laughs> I was still like, I still see them as friends. I didn't see any chemistry. I didn't see. Yeah, no. I have no. Um, yeah. I'm when still- has Shane ever said anything like that? Never. Well, yeah, but Shane's it's so more evolved now. It's so mature. They're like a very mature couple. I mean, I thought sure. Gigi was like, you know, Gigi's the super mature one, but you know, Shane's 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 grown a lot from the original. Yeah. Like she, I think out of out of Alice, Bet, and Shane, Shane has her shit together way the most. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. and she definitely would have been like the least in the original mm. series and they were super cute when they woke up in the morning too yeah um well then it ends with sophie and finley yeah they have a little confrontation and sophie says that finley scares her which i it's like it takes her forever and a day to communicate 
But when yeah. she does, you know, she can come around to something pretty profound. And it could have just been, oh, I'm annoyed by your behavior or you embarrass me. But I like that it was, you scare me because your light dims when you're like this. You're not you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can identify because I've, I've dated someone who was an alcoholic and I did not know they were an alcoholic at the time. And they scared me every time I was around them. And I, I didn't know why. But, yeah, they, they they are like a walking zombie pretty much. Like you're talking to them and stuff, but you're like, are you really talking to them? But, yeah, and then, like, Finley storms out. Well, we don't yeah. know where. Like, it's weird because she's got a bedroom downstairs. She could have just gone to sleep there, but she actually, like, leaves, leaves. Yeah. She's so walking so the streets, and I'm like, oh, my God, where is she going? I know. I was and then, you know, was yeah, happen. Sophie's calling her the next morning with no answer, and that's when the episode ends when she can't find her. But yeah, the way that Sophie wakes up in the morning and is looking in her, we see that other room downstairs that's like sparsely furnished. I'm like, Oh wait, is this, does Finley have like a separate room there? Is that her room? Yeah, because that's where she was staying, you know, when they were still in their fighting stage when she had sex with that other girl. Oh yeah. Uh, Yeah. So Sophie, obviously when she tells her to leave, thinks, Oh, I want you to leave the bedroom. And Finley no, no, house. she says she's going to she's gonna sleep on the couch, to which Finley says, I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like she's gone and drank and, like, I don't know, gone and, like, sat somewhere and, like, fallen asleep or something yeah, like that. Yeah, probably. Well, she might go on a bender and, like, no one will see her mm-hmm. for days. But I'm like, I keep getting bad vibes where I'm like, oh, I hope they're not getting ready to kill the character off or something like that. I know. <laughs> it's coming up to the end of the season. There's, they haven't killed anyone yet. I'm like, it is the ill word. Or have her be attacked because she's not cognizant enough to, you know, something bad be aware of her surroundings. Yeah. Yeah. It does, so there's these like... Um, I don't even know what they are. There's these like other YouTube channels that are run by like, it appears to be robots that they are just like looking for like clicks and stuff. And they will literally just show like random pictures and have someone like, it's literally like they've put in a computer and it's like generating, like they advertised, oh, this is the teaser for episode nine. But they were talking about like, Alice and Nat and Gigi coming and um, hammering the the wedding ring on, and it's like really robot, but like uh, yeah, heavy algorithm. accent, yeah. And the um, one of the when when I was like making the thumbnail for my my vid, like my trailer breakdown, there was like the, all the videos surrounding it were like they had taken Finley's or like Jacqueline Tobani from other series where she has like. <laughs> cuts and like black eyes on her face and like one where she's on like a hospital bed and they'd use that as the thumbnail but she has like dark dark brown hair in it and but like the, they have like thousands and thousands of views and i'm like who is who is clicking on this oh my gosh <laughs> don't click so, on those things <laughs> don't click, click on them don't click on them Only <laughs> don't click encourage on them that- only click on Ash's videos. <laughs> yes, that is the message. <laughs> but yes, going back to the launch party, we have a special guest this week. Yay! And uh, Jess, you were the one that scored him. Uh, yeah, 
so I've seen him in things for a few years, but mostly because um, he was my sister's first boyfriend. So every time we <laughs> see him pop up in like a commercial or a TV show or a movie, um, Julie will be like, oh, hey, I dated him in high school. <laughs> but yeah, but he's a super nice guy and they, you know, chat on and then he strangely and stuff like popped that. up on the Elwood. <laughs> I know. Uh, we have a very special guest with us tonight. His name is Andrew Patrick Walston, and he played Carl Haynes on tonight's episode. Welcome to Drinks at Dana's, Andy, or Thanks Andrew. Thanks for it, Andy, Andrew. I'll accept everything. It's fine. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Andrew was Carl Haynes, which who was the um, the owner of the publishing house that... Alice's book was um, launched through. In tonight's episode, we were at the launch party for her book. Uh, so in tonight's episode, we were at a book launch party. It seems like most of the episodes this season have had some sort of party or gathering or event going on. They're very busy. Those are hard to season. shoot. Yeah. So much happening. Like so many conversations happening mm. in one scene took four days to do that to the do the book thing wow. and, oh, and, uh, four days and it seems simple you know in the script and my audition was just a tiny little paragraph it was a beginning and the end and i was like okay i'm just going to improvise what's in between that you know because they're really focusing on they're taking the camera off me and mm-hmm. they're moving it to, to go to these different conversations and go backstage while i'm rambling on stage and it's like i'll just improvise some stuff nothing scripted and uh went there and we shot a little bit of the beginning over and over again. And then the director was like, uh, you ready for your monologue? It's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Want me to just make up some stuff about publishing or ramble or whatever. It's like, no, we wrote you a whole, we wrote you a whole really long monologue. It's like, I didn't get that. No one said that to me. <laughs> oh no. That's like my worst nightmare. I feel like I have yeah. nightmares about that stuff. Really, we were like, yeah. you're going on set in five minutes. Here's, a lo- here's all your dialogue that we just rewrote. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, they scrambled. They didn't have a printer, so they had to email it to me. And then, <laughs> you know, I was like, I need some time. I need time to, to know what I'm saying here to, like, look at this stuff because um, it's tough. And, uh, I mean, I'm giving a speech, so I have these note cards, which is nice. But still, like, I'm, like, mildly dyslexic and, I, you know, I can't really read things up close with my vision. So fortunately they were understanding and they let me work on it a little bit to try to get it in my, in my mouth. And, uh, and Haifa kept like, was like, you ready? It's like, nope, nope, not ready yet. (laughs) (laughs) You basically kept the whole set waiting. (laughs) They went, they went to shoot other stuff, but it's like someone, someone messed up, didn't send it to me the the day before or something happened. I don't know what it was, but it's like, I just, I need to like to read this. Like, and it was fine. You know, I, I finally, at the end of the day, we shot it and it was good and had the note cards so I could like refer to them, but I didn't really need them. And, uh, and then we shot it for three more days. So (laughs) at the end of the day, we need the note cards. No. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really complicated scene just because, you know, for a lot of it, I'm miming because they're going in and I'm pretending I'm speaking and then uh, really interesting to shoot something like that. Plus all the extras and all the angle, you know, you just have the continuity issues. So 
Uh, yeah, so, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking too. Like, yeah, because they kept moving to like, you know, talking to like Alice Bet and Shane, and then it's this like a song, I guess, that they have to. Whereas the when they're shooting a song, they don't have to shoot the music; they just shoot <laughs> it in silence and then match the music up. But with this, because you're speaking, it's so much harder. Yeah, yeah. In in ADR, I mean, I think they wanted it even longer, so that's why they they extended the monologue for the uh, the post production. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I haven't seen the episode, but they, they probably just wanted enough so they could cut it down and make it match and everything. Um, cause I think I'm only cut to a couple times, you know, the beginning, the end, and maybe in the middle and you see me in the background or something while you can mm-hmm. hear my voice going, just droning on and on. And they refer to me like, who's this guy, you know, kind of thing. So it seems really simple, but it's, you know, it, nothing, nothing is simple. Oh, yeah. The lighting, the just, I mean, everything just set up for it uh it's always like it's like i want to be in and out like in four hours and of course you know it's four it's four days four, four days and, four days later <laughs> yeah and you bar- you barely see me you know it's but uh you know the experience is is amazing for us as actors just to do that so yeah absolutely i have a question have you ever watched an episode of the l word before uh you know uh the first the first one not the the original yeah yeah long time ago yeah i think so so you briefly knew what you were getting yourself into (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean you know you just want to know the tone i think and showtime has its own tone i think in it's a little bit Mm -hmm. different than hbo and i've worked for some showtime stuff before like uh i'm dying up here and um something else and it has a little I mean, they're all the same. You, you don't really change the way you're acting, but there's, I think that's more done in post-production with the editing and the music anyway. So unless I'm doing like Nickelodeon or something, I don't really change the way I'm acting <laughs> very much. You know, you have, have it really speedy and, you know, um, there's no time for pausing or anything like that. But most of these shows, it's, you know, I think they're pretty self-explanatory. Just want to yeah. be real. Uh, how did you find shooting with COVID being such a big issue? It wasn't my first job. Uh, it was my second job. The first one was physical, the Rose Byrne show. And that was in Jan- oh. February. And I was kind of frightened to do it. You know, it's, it was because I'd been quarantined for a year. And uh, so we went and, you know, that was when I was really paranoid about touching anything and washing my hands all the time. And I kept feeling like this isn't safe you know, there's just nothing safe about this at all. It was the first time I went to Starbucks in a year beforehand through the drive-thru before before I arrived on set. And it was fine. You know, everyone masked. I never saw the director's face. You know, I never saw the writer's face. They all talked through masks. I mean, the actors, we would we would hang out backstage or in the green room, green room, in the holding uh, with our masks on. But when we'd shoot, we'd pull them down. And that was the first time you'd see them, their faces. Um, but I never like actually saw the director or the crew without their masks on. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a little frightening. L word was, was fine. We had a scare on the third, the third day. We were just about to finish like maybe four hours before finishing up and they shut it down because someone had tested oh, and they were, oh, they were worried about it. So we all went home and we were just like, what are we doing? We're going to do it again. I'm, we're going to come back on Monday. I wasn't scheduled to come back. So we all went home. They called us. They were contact tracing. Um, 
trying to figure out who like was close to this person who tested positive. And uh, it's a little frightening as well. So we were all in like zone, A zone, B zone kind of thing. And, uh, and then I came back Monday. I wasn't scheduled to, so I got another day's pay to fish up. You know that. Nice. So that was good. So they're doing the best they can. You know, Hollywood is, uh, I don't think mm. anything's perfect. I've, I've done, yeah. I've done yeah. like eight, six shows and you get more and more comfortable doing it. So yeah, I guess what, it's like, you know, like this is the way, the way it is kind of like, I'm lucky where I live on like a little island and we really, apart from a few blips, haven't been impacted. But obviously, like I've followed the filming of this like really extensively because I have like a YouTube channel as well where I talk about it and just all the pictures and things of the crew and that from like the Elwood set. So it does it does seem as though they really because they pushed like I'd be interested to ask you like when when you auditioned and stuff because the filming for this was pushed like so many times like the series overall so I'm sure that's when you, you know like you said you've got like these two little bits they they wrote the season I think back in like February 2020 so by the time they were filming it they probably, you know, had worked way more on the, on the script right. and that's why you got like more. I think, uh, you know, I, we were on escrow in a house and it kind of in limbo. So I might've been, we just bought a house in Oregon, say uh, Portland, Oregon. And oh, nice. we, were, we were just staying at Airbnbs uh, for like a month waiting. And I think I might've had this audition during that. So I was at an Airbnb and you're trying to like set it up. I brought my lights and everything, but still I'm like, <laughs> you know, in this tiny, like every Airbnb was different. At one point we were staying in a houseboat and there was a train and these ge <laughs> these geese and rain and waves. <laughs> I'm sure like casting's like, what is that sound? I hear the background, you know, <laughs> but I think I shot the, the L word one in, in uh, St. John's, it's a neighborhood here in Portland, and uh, I've been doing all self tapes for the last year, which is great. You know, I can do them and then just fly in. So uh, fly into LA. It's kind of hopefully nice. I can keep doing that. Sounds like the first episode of this podcast I shot from a houseboat. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's definitely tricky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do will I have Wi Fi? That's the big thing that was you know scared about. So yeah. My sister lives in in Portland, so I go there quite a lot. But oh, nice. she's she's a real estate agent, so she's um, always telling me about all the interesting places that are on the market there. Yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, it's a cool town. Yeah, it's nice, nice. And we're getting winter is coming here as well. So, I mean, you've you've done a million. TV shows, but there's these kind of like ensemble shows. There's so many people on set in the cast and in the crew. Had you worked with any of them before? Like your character introduces Donald Faison's character on stage. Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever had you ever worked with any of these people before? No, um, no. But uh, the head makeup uh, girl and Angel. Have you ever interviewed her, or do you know her about her? She's got a great Instagram. She went to my high school. She went to Blue Valley North. <laughs> and we were we were friends back then. She was a senior when I was a junior. 
And um, she and I did my first acting scene ever in uh, oh, wow. our, th- our theater class. I don't know if she remembers that specifically, but we talked a little bit about it. But um, I have it on video, like her and I, we were husband and wife in this, like, I don't know, it was like a Eugene O'Neill. It was, you know, student directed play. And uh, and she she was a good friend, you know, back then. And now she's, you know, top makeup artist in Hollywood. So That's so cool. That's cool. What a small world. Yeah. So, but yeah, all the actors, you know, you, it's kind of nice because I had focus on this. So you get to kind of people a little bit, but when you're working just one day, it's really hard because everyone else is already bonded and you're just kind of coming and doing your thing. And by the time you get to know people's names, you're off to the, to the next Mm. job, which is kind of sad. So. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I did notice, especially the scene. I think it was the last bit that you were in. And like you come up and you're talking to uh, Leisha Haley's character and then like uh, Jennifer Beals and um, Kate Manning like come up and then it kind of like cuts away from you. So I was going to ask you if you got like, you know, did when you were hanging out, like was it mostly people in your scene or did you meet most of the cast or? Yeah, uh, I did. I mean, you know, I think they're all wearing hat, a lot of hats too, like Beals and I mean, they're producing, they're, they're doing so mm-hmm. many things. So they're not just working on their lines. They're also working, thinking about the whole, the whole thing. So you just kind of let them do their thing and kind of, I kind of let them come to me if they want to. I don't really like Faison was, I don't know. Is he on more than one episode? He's on a couple episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he's not a regular, he's like a recurring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So he's he's kind of like me, but a little bit different level, obviously. But so he he can be a little bit more playful and stuff. And and he and I were goofing off a little bit more. And Beals would come in and goof off. I mean, everyone was great. Like the the mood was was playful, and um, you know, there was no there was no issues on it. You know, sometimes you have have really weird from the top down. You have really weird energy mm. happening. You know, I don't know what's yeah. going on. And usually it's these like serious shows, you know, that are like, I don't know what is going on. Like people just are not having fun making this thing. Maybe it's the pressure. I hate when I hear that. I'm like, it sounds like such a dream job to work in anything film related. Then you hear about these people that are miserable doing it. I'm like, I'll take it. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) Not much. It hasn't really happened much. Nothing terrible. You know, I've had worse experiences in commercials where, (laughs) You know, it's 30 mm-hmm. seconds and you're spending millions and millions of dollars and you have so many opinions, you know, the ad people and the director and the writer. And just like, so that's when it becomes really kind of miserable sometimes. Yeah, that's why that's why I've always been like, obviously, you know, like I, I've like worked in the industry a lot, but no, nothing ever to do with the L word, obviously. And I was always curious, like how, you know, like people are given these like executive producer roles a lot of the time, like big shows like Grey's Anatomy, like it goes into their contract after X amount of seasons. But because like uh, Jennifer Beals, Alicia and Kate were so instrumental in bringing the show back and because the original creator is not there anymore, I was kind of wondering like how, like did you get that impression that they were, actually you know actively in control not in control but like doing things that would be outside the realm of like a normal lead like 
you know, were they active were they executive producers, I guess. Yeah, and and uh, maybe maybe kind of changing the, the script a little bit in the moment just because they realize mm. it's like, oh, maybe we need to do this and have this bit or this thing, you know, so... But they'll collaborate with, you know, they'll go to the writer and make sure it's okay and the director and they'll kind of collaborate in that way. So it's not like they're just changing things, you know, against the writer's wishes or or deciding to direct, you know, they're they're kind of coming together and they all kind of wear those hats a little bit. So I think, yeah, that definitely happens. Yeah, and it was happening. Mm-hmm. I was watching that. So that's nice. Yeah, Donald Faison seems like uh, a really nice guy. So I think that it looks like they've all had like a lot of fun having him on the show. He seems cool. Yeah. Yeah, he was goof goofball. He would get on the microphone and sing and do auction, <laughs> uh, auctions and, you know, all sorts of stuff and dance parties. At one point he was dancing and Jennifer Beals tried to get me to dance. She's like, go, Carl. Go, Carl. And I'm like... <laughs> That's Jennifer Beals from Flashdance trying to get me to dance. Yeah, that's that's funny. So. And did you call? I think I froze. <laughs> uh, listeners like... everywhere cursing you. So jealous of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jennifer telling me to dance and be like, oh. Uh, <laughs> <really? Yeah. laughs> so. I saw this interview the other day with... Um, Vanessa Williams, who she isn't in in your scenes, but she's playing like Jennifer Beals' love interest on the yeah. show, and she said that they were like in wardrobe or something, and there was like this outfit that Jennifer had on that was kind of like this, and she said that she was like to the wardrobe person, "No, I can never have my shoulder <laughs> exposed because I don't want any connotation <laughs> that could possibly be used as a reference." yeah i wouldn't bring it up and you know unless you wanted to i'm sure she's tired <laughs> yeah well i'm sure now she's sick of the lesbians right. being like <laughs> she's in two of my other favorite movies she i think she's in bodyguard which is one of my favorite she i think that might have been her first film and she's in um, vampire's kiss with Nicolas cage and both of those are amazing so she's always been a part of my rooms that like Quentin Tarantino. Right. Yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar. She's she's in lo- like loads and loads of stuff, but never like she did that book of Eli. And at the moment, she's doing um, and she's doing this with Eileen Chaikin, the original creator, the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Oh, that was it's a good a book. book. Oh yeah, it's good, isn't it? Um, they're they're making a movie of it now. I'm really excited to see that. It's good. That's exciting. I saw Andrew. I peeked at your um, IMDb page earlier, and I saw that you're um, doing a Jordan Peele movie. Yeah. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's I pretty know. awesome. That's, I, uh, that's an, another one I booked from a houseboat. No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a houseboat. <laughs> it's a lucky houseboat. <laughs> <laughs> was kind of stressed about it, but it was great. Yeah, just uh, he's. Uh, dream come true working working with him he's just you know got so many yeah. projects that have you have you shot that yet or yeah yeah it was a week yeah oh, okay cool in july so oh. that should be pre- pretty wild uh screenplay definitely have to check it out yeah 
Do so we have any more questions for Andrew? The dirt. You want the dirt? The dirt. <laughs> Give us yeah, the dirt. Tell us all the gossip. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pretty, pretty cool, pretty cool crew. Like, uh, just the most like um, diverse, like, and more ladies than I've ever seen on any Hollywood production. Writer, producer, nice. just ads, um, just everyone. You know, so. That's nice. That was great. And, uh, you know, actually lately I've been having more and more like of that, but I don't think it was like that 15 years ago. It was just like real male heavy, like everything was. So that was cool. I really appreciated that. Yeah. That's cool. The, the that, crew seemed awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure that would be like a completely different tone on set. And it feels like it. Yeah. It probably helps with like the camaraderie too. And, um, in some cases, not having, like you were mentioning that, you know, sometimes that the weird tension, like <laughs> if they, you know, genuinely enjoy, you know, working it. Cause I'm sure most of the people that work on jobs like this, also their experiences have been where other projects they've worked on are, you know, very male dominated behind the camera. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sure for a lot of the crew, it's different for them too. And, you know, you probably appreciate going to work every day. Yeah. I, it's usually pretty, um, it feels like a theater company, you know, when you've been on a show for, I mean, I rarely get to work on a show for very long, five days or a week, but uh, I imagine if they, you know, you're working on a series for six months, like those people, everyone bonds you know, actors bond with the grips and the lighting people and everyone gets mm -hmm. along and they're really a family and, and then it breaks up and everyone moves on to something else. Sometimes they'll have little uh, team members, like uh, they all work together and move on to another show, which is that good. That does but, be, be the case with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've seen the camera department seem... are now working on something together. Oh, nice. Because they seem to go with Sandra mm -hmm. a lot. So... Yeah. Yeah. It is I, I'm you know we don't know what whether the show is going to be back I mean I really think that it will mm -hmm. but if they didn't um keep a lot of or they you know got new people or whatever way you want to say it from season one through two but there was like a lot of changes I think even in like the writing department and stuff in the second season and it has been very different like I, I think that most people would say the second season has been like wildly wildly successful and although like I you know I like the first season I think the second season has been like just every episode's been brilliant yeah. and I I think that they did really like reflect and, and do some changes and things and anything I've ever heard like through crew or through like people behind the scenes and stuff they do seem to have a really great you know bunch of people working for them and it does again like you know we follow like the filming really extensively so the crew have always been so like nice to to us and then also like the you know people in general that are interested in that sort of thing that they most of them seem to be like fans of the show themselves so it's even that bit more fun to be working on something that you really like so it is you know a nice thing to hear that they're all like that. 
Yeah, it was great. I wish I I wish they'd bring me back. I need they need more Carl, you know. Right. <laughs> I think that that'll publish a book next and you yeah, can right. uh, you can be her publisher too. <laughs> Season three. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Well, it has been really, really great uh, talking to you, Andrew. Thank you so much for coming on to Drinks at Dana's and giving us your time and for your wonderful performance and having to relearn, relearn the longest monologue in the world. So who knows, maybe Bet will publish a book in season three and we can get you back for that. <laughs> More Carl, more Carl, yeah. I just, Bring back Carl. No, I just want to, I want to dance, you know, with Jennifer Beals. That's all. I just, I think we all just want to dance with Jennifer Beals. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> yes, Thanks see, so much. See, see us next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Right. Appreciate it. Nice Thanks, to, Thanks, nice Andrew. Yeah. Thank you very much. Sure. Take care. And so that was the episode. I, again, as I say every week, love the episode. That's your favorite episode every week. Yeah, it was my favorite episode. Uh, Well, I love the Danny and Gigi stuff. So more of that. And we shall see next week. It is the penultimate episode of the season. No! I know. What are we going to do when it ends? Only two more left, so... Very sadly, only two more. So we hope that you guys also enjoyed the episode and you enjoyed listening to our podcast with our and our little special guests that we had today. So thank you very much to Andrew for joining us too. We hope that you guys will give us a follow on Instagram as well at drinks at Dana's. And if you want to follow Chris, Jess or myself, all our information is in the show notes and we hope that you have a great week and we'll see you next time take care guys bye 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 about the l word but now i'm wildly curious and we can cut this i was gonna ask some cut questions